You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. We got kind of a special edition today. So I'm going to throw immediately to, to my compatriot co-host, uh, Jason Kirk. Jason, what are we doing today? Well, we uh, seeing as college football is super fucking nigh, as in we are in the month of August, as in college football starts in August, this is sort of the time of year when you review what uh, what you've done, accomplished, consumed during the time without football. You know, those of us who, who work in college, in college football, this is sort of when we say goodbye to, like, you know, culture. You know, keeping yeah. up on things going on in the world, um, and you know, those of you, if you're a diehard fan, you're 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 very much you know in a similar position. Um, so uh, we wanted to sort of review the cultural items that we have interacted with, you know, since since the last football season ended, um, and just some r- run through some stuff we liked. That's that's a pretty simple way to put it, right? Just you know. Some stuff happened, and it was pretty good. And we're not talking about news. You know, that's that's the real world, too. But it, it's recommended to uh, consume as little of that as possible. What would what would be the news that we liked? How, what would that even be? You know what? I'm um, gonna, I'm we gonna think we of seem a... to enjoy a large part of the Papa John story. Not the, um, not the racism, but, you know, <laughs> just the fact that it involved Papa John. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of pieces of news that I enjoyed. For instance, there was a bison. Uh, who was taunted by a tourist in Yellowstone, and uh, the bison, the bison tried to show him what's up. The dude was like, "What's good?" <laughs> the bison yeah. was like, "Oh, oh, I'll show you. Come here." And the uh, 
wasn't there like a Waffle House hero or something like that? Didn't there that was, happen at some yeah, point? Yeah, that was that. That was a thing. Um, a shark got kidnapped from an aquarium, I think, in San Antonio. Uh, yes, but definitely, it was a, it, definitely it was in an, Texas, and it was, was an taken, organized theft. Yeah, it was right? taken out. It was taken out in like a baby carriage, and nobody noticed. A shark heist? There was a shark oh, heist. Yeah, there was a shark heist. See, did the, was the shark okay? I, I mean, I think so. I don't know that they've recovered the shark at this point. Oh, in awesome. true, in true modern media fashion, I did not follow up. Right, right. You have no actual nothing to actually go on. Nope. Just, uh, uh, anonymous sources. Just, just me. Uh, one other exciting piece of news. If you're listening to this, dear listener, which in fact you are, if you're a listener, think about it. <laughs> Shut down full cast live tickets are on sale as of this moment. Uh, we're playing the Rich Theater in Atlanta because we're rich. We're not rich. Uh, on August 31st, the Friday night of opening weekend. It's not actually the opening weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, fall through. We'll be giving away stuff. We'll have stuff you can give us stuff for. Uh, we'll be. There we go. We'll we'll have air horns, man. We'll have air horns. Um, we will have some fun guests doing silly stuff. We'll do interactive bullshit with you, like you'd expect. Um, the best part, we're going to do a. So the way, if you're not familiar with how this works, and you listen to podcasts, so you probably are. You do the live show, you record it, and then you release it as an episode. And fortunately, I think everybody understands that live shows are pretty average audio quality wise. So ours is probably just going to sound like. No, I think people would be like, no, this sounds normal. <laughs> um, yeah. But but the audio version of this that we release is not going to have one thing, a Q&A that we are doing just for people who show up because we want to pull on that part. We want you to know that there is a part of this podcast that you will not be able to listen to unless you go to the show. Can I can I get Airhorn one more time? There we go. What Ryan is saying is that this this podcast live show will have an exclusive exclusive That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's t- tickets are twenty five dollars. You get a koozie that has me as the blooming onion on it. Uh, you so get it. That's right. Is are we gonna do this the whole episode? I just want to know. <laughs> no, no, we're okay. not doing this okay. the whole episode. Uh, we're, so you're gonna get- I mean, so when Spencer says that, I picture him trying to confiscate something from Holly and. Just <laughs> Yeah, just mic on mute, frantic arms flailing. Spencer is surprisingly fast for such a big galoot, but I have elusiveness. Uh, you get a beverage, you get a raffle ticket for a uh, shutdown full cast prize pack. Can, can we talk about the most exciting part of the prize pack? Are we? Do we feel comfortable talking about the the special item that's going to be I re- in there? I really think we should. Yeah. Um, it's an air horn. S- Spencer, do you want to tell them what it is? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. God so damn it! I knew it. I knew. I knew if I gave you right, a chance, you'd fuck how about it up. This? How about this, Ryan? You set it up up to the word. Okay. And then Spencer, once Ryan pauses, you say the first word you say on this podcast each time we record. Okay. Okay. Listeners, if you come to the show, you will be entered into a raffle in which you can which a pri- win a prize pack that includes a welcome. Matt. 
a welcome a shutdown full cast welcome mat that will say welcome in the way you think it says welcome. It's also made out of Spencer's beard hair, so that's fun. <laughs> it's one hundred percent authentic Spencer beard hair. We're assuming all y'all live in houses clean with in doors because no you're incredibly wealthy. Why does this welcome mat smell like patchouli? <laughs> oh, how dare you, sir, <laughs> sir! Like it is not like it is not scented. With the finest uh, lush bath products. And Dorito dust. Mm, you've been on that like Trader Joe's like go-to Chong almond thing. But yeah, sure, Dorito dust. So much money. That's right. <laughs> Rich folks only in my mansions. Let's just do the show, please, now. Oh, oh sure. also, if you want tickets, go to preownedairboats.com. That's preownedairboats.com. Pre-owned not joking. That's our official website. That's yeah. how you can get to the ticket link. It does It does redirect. For actual preowned airboats, go to preownedairboats.biz. Yeah. <laughs> that is owned by Holly Anderson. I, uh, I would Holly say. Holly comes on to plug the family business every now and then. I uh, I do have a couple of stories that, by the way, before we turn the page on that, a couple of mm-hmm. off-season news stories that I really enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed the story, if you did not see it, of the Florida man who carried an alligator into a convenience store and then went interviewed on TV about it. Uh, it, was a, it was a video that went around the internet of him toting the alligator, who honestly kind of looked like a, a sort of lethargic toddler, just chilling. Not even snapping at things randomly, just crooked up in his arm, looking around like, eh, bro, you getting some bush light? Good, good. That's the good shit. Yeah, he just was toting it around. And when interviewed on TV, he said, and I quote, man, I don't even remember that. They got some good ass liquor in that store. (laughs) So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, the story of the gender, the fireworks based gender reveal, which, uh, if you watch the video, went tragically wrong. Did it? <laughs> Not tragically. It did terrify everyone in attendance. <laughs> Let's see what the baby is. Oh, the baby's a hell monster. <laughs> a non-binary hell monster. Yeah. It was the it was the Caucasian suburban version of Damn These Bootleg Fireworks. It was really, really impressive. And I also enjoyed, you know, while I'm wrapping up the Stories, stories I frantically sent to everyone I know. It's not from this year. I did enjoy learning that in 1997, a poacher shot and uh, wounded a tiger in Russia. That's from an NPR article. The tiger waited uh, like a day for him at his cabin, uh, broke into the cabin, destroyed everything he had, and then waited for him to come home and killed him. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's that Liam Neeson's tiger. <laughs> I think the theme here is we like it when people um, engage with dangerous animals and then find out exactly how much karma they've laid up. Fireworks yeah. are also, fireworks Liam is an animal. In that's the gray, true. This cat actually followed through. That's right. Uh, oh come on, he tried hard. Oh yeah, that's all he did. Yeah, you know what the tiger uh, did? The tiger finished the drill. Finished that's the what damn the tiger drill. did. Holly, in the alternate universe, just like this one, where the gray is the movie you wanted it to be, how much better is your life? A good 40%. And I also have recouped a ton of lost work productivity time that I'm currently spending yelling, we were on a break, Liam, every time I see him on TV. Oh, one more, and and not not to get too terribly topical with things. 
I can I can listen to anyone talk about somebody buying bad fifteen thousand dollar ostrich leather jackets all day. <laughs> like that's it. That's all I want. Like if somebody's rich, I want you to tell me exactly what an idiot. They're like the rich spend their money wisely. Investments always pay for themselves. Court documents suggest this man paid for a fifteen thousand dollar ostrich leather jacket that looked like some bootleg trash they bought off a corpse at a nineteen eighty five F one race. You know what? In, like country ass France. Spencer's talking about the new Manny Fresh. Paul Manny, <laughs> Manny Fresh. Paul, Paul, Paul Manny Fizzle. Paul Manny Fort. <laughs> Paul, Paul Manny Fizzle product shizzle. Every sentence ends exactly the way I wanted it to, plus some. Like if it starts, it's like Paul Manafort spent $2 million on landscaping. I'm like, yes, yes, keep going. And it's like, including a, oh, yes, keep going. <laughs> A $15,000 arrangement of red tulips. Oh, no, no, keep going. In the shape of, please be an M. Please be an M. An M! Like, it's always what I want it to be. A misspelled M. These are the people who read The Great Gatsby and got a very different message from it. From everybody else. This guy's fucking awesome. Fuck! All those colored shirts! I don't have that many! What's what's the message? Uh, Always always make people make appointments. Otherwise, they, they can't just roll up and shoot you. Otherwise, not a single lesson in this whole thing. I think the message is ball as hard as you can because it's all going to come to an end anyway. <laughs> no one ever admit hitting anyone with your car. No, not a problem. That's <laughs> that's the message of the Great Gatsby. Don't don't <laughs> trust optometrists. Don't don't snitch. Don't trust optometrists. Always have someone make an appointment, and if someone hits someone with a car, no one say shit. God, Jay Gatsby, uh, probably a booster for the University of Miami in retrospect. Why do you think the light across the pond was green? Yeah, I was going to say, Miami doesn't believe in red lights either. (laughs) That that and and only a Miami grad would read about somebody dying wealthy and face down in a pool and go, yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) I think the only word there they hear is pool. (laughs) It's a bomb-ass pool. did, Did you say pool and mansion? Yes, I said dead in a pool, face down. <laughs> so they think they think Great Gatsby is just like a Scarface prequel or something. <laughs> it kind of is. It's more, it really. It's like the. It's what you know. It, it's the basic bitch Scarface, right? right like right. it's the. It's the Vineyard Vines Scarface. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's like well, and then I became wealthy, and I was moderately decadent about it. Mm-hmm. Wonder if they're adopting our uh, our blow strategy. Uh, Spencer and I have this running gag where if you stop watching every cocaine movie 45 minutes in, it's an incredibly rewarding career that hurts no one. Right. Yeah. You got, that's... It, you got out at the ro- at the right time. And it feels like the perfect attention span for your average uh, Miami enthusiast. Like if you tell them about Paul Manafort, they're like, oh, so this guy's awesome. Oh, Polly. Yeah. He escaped. Uh, let's see. He didn't pay taxes. He made a lot of, of money, and you're trying to tell me right now he's got a, a one bedroom apartment. Everyone pays for everything. Yeah, it's called prison. No, 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 no. Revisit this. Listen, bro. All I know is his hair is always on point. Yeah, dude's handsome. I'm not saying he did anything. I mean, what? Get, catch him? What is balling a crime? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is. You're telling me in some circumstances yeah. balling is a crime. He's being held in solitary confinement. I hear one bedroom apartment. <laughs> I hear no roommates. I, that's a luxury box. That's the prison luxury box is what that is. Yeah. Wait, can, 
Can I throw in one late breaking my favorite off season thing? Cause it happened today. Oh God. No, no, this is, this is the only good thing that's happened this week on this hell internet, uh, which is I'm in Arkansas on a reporting trip, which was my first mistake. And, uh, close to the Texas border, looking for someplace to have breakfast, scrolling Yelp reviews on my phone. And I discovered Yelp user Robert G. He has 247 Yelp reviews in this town of 37,000 people that I'm staying in. And his review for this diner that I was looking at reads as follows. Robert G. One year ago. Men wearing baseball and cowboy hats with leathermen and other tools on their belts. Jeans. Women shaped like plump cubes with square butts and large breasts blessed on them by menopause. Well-behaved children. Coca-Cola memorabilia on the walls. Laughter and Texas twang floating above the clash of dishware. People moving about, shaking hands and hugging old friends. Got the picture? It's America. Simple and good. Unpretentious. So is the food. Useful zero, funny zero, cool one. <laughs> Man, Garrison Keeler has really spiraled downwards. Robert you would should, never yeah, diddle this restaurant's got square butts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a lot of questions about what Robert G. thinks menopause is. Has he, tried to, fuck a Lego? Has he tried to fuck a Lego minifig? Is that what I'm hearing? I don't know. I also got to tell you, he's got 247 reviews and three photos in his profile. One is a selfie and two are of the same bowl of Cheerios with blueberries on it. Is the selfie of his square butt? Ooh, no. No, it's it's a facey. Like if you're putting on, if you're putting on Minecraft, Robert's like, hey, 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 hey. Oh. What, what do you, what do you, what's that? <laughs> All right, I got to do, I got to do one more Robert G review. Calling Shorty's Donut Shop and Diner the worst breakfast I have had since I was a Cub Scout. <laughs> My next stop was for chewing gum. Damn. Bobby G. Yeah. That's I'm not a... going to read any further because I know that the next thing I click will have a big milkshake duck reveal behind it. Oh, yeah. And I want to keep Robert the way he is with his weirdly Picasso shaped view of women. He's beautiful. <laughs> and I'm going to keep him in amber in my heart. I love your right angles. My square jimboree furniture heart. Mm. Oh, wait. I did forget one. One more and then I'm done. Which was, and I bookmarked it. That's how I, I that's how much this story meant to me. Wow. Spencer, how many bookmarks do you have? It's either like two or like thousands. Thousands. Okay. Thousands. How many of the other ones are the Sendido song? Uh, two of them. I actually have that one bookmarked twice. Different versions. Same one. Uh, just I'm just going to read the headline. I'll be done. Florida man with no arms accused of stabbing tourist. There. There. <laughs> Go Gators. We'll, we'll give one of these the off-season Heisman. Probably <laughs> probably the one about Florida not being able to pass. Probably that. But yeah, give that man. <laughs> no arms. I give him. He's, he's, he's three. I'm giving three points to Florida in that game. Yeah. Punt. So, um, we had a few pop culture categories we wanted to run through. Movies, TV, music, video games, of course, because we're all um, tall toddlers, except for Holly. And uh, books, whatever those are. Um, I guess we can start with movies. Um, oh, I have a fresh one. 
Spencer, Spencer has one resting. Well, on I'm, I'm ready. Hold, I'm ready hold, to go. Hold on. We also have to explain that we are doing these on our um, on a specific curve. So if you're expecting this to be like the best movies of summer 20, nope, it's probably no. not going to be that. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the movie which was the most awesome. Okay. <laughs> the, and and, and it, to be clear, these are things that are new to us. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you know what Ryan's getting at. If you weren't able to see it last year, the year before, the year before that, because you have a child, then it's new to you. Yeah, dad curve could be like a lot. Could be like four or five years, realistically. Because before last week, this was Thor Ragnarok being the best thing that I'd seen, which I'm definitely late to on the curve, right? As if a movie could not be more designed to blow personal smoke up my ass, right? My very own ass, it would be this movie. Because if I wasn't convinced before all that, if I wasn't convinced before half the movie is basically dry, absurdist, like Kiwi humor, before all of that, uh, there is the scene where Thor descends from the heavens without his hammer yet in full control of his powers to the tune of the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, at which point I stood up for no reason in my own living room watching it as those summoned. That was number one before it was displaced by the best thing I saw this offseason, which was... Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Have has anyone seen? I know Holly has seen it. Uh, have either of you seen it? No movie Movie Pass can't afford it, therefore I can't either. I intend <laughs> I intend to see it, but I have not yet. Okay, I will try to do my best without giving spoilers. Although if, a movie it, like listen, this is listen, kind of if, if you uh, do, yeah, nobody goes to this and be like, "Ooh, where, where will the plot twist?" Like, no, no, this means I have, that you can go into it with our imaginary premise that we came up with for this movie. I have yeah. seen every Mission Impossible movie multiple times. It's a series that I love. I can tell you what happens in the first movie. I can tell you a little bit of what happens in the third movie. The rest of them, I could not tell you the plot. I couldn't even like make a good guess at it. Tom Cruise nearly dies in real life. Tom Cruise right? jumps off thing you're not supposed to jump <laughs> that's, off that's- of. The reason a lot of us are there at this point, right? I swear, half the trailers for this movie were just like, hey, look at this shit Tom Cruise is doing. You want to see if he lands? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's half the movie. That's not half the trailer. That's half the movie. You ever seen your uncle break his femur? Yeah. yeah. I have only seen two Mission Impossible movies, and I'm real curious to learn after seeing this most recent one. At what point in the series did it become a musical without songs? Because there were some, there was a pack of dandies in this one. Yeah, this is everything you need to know about the world is explained in Mission Impossible movies. One, all Europeans are evil, but the high grade, the like Johnny Walker Blue level of evil, is Eastern Europe, right? Oh sure. <laughs> like there's this entire great school of movies dating back to the '90s that's basically like Budapest, 1992. You're like, ooh. This is going to involve some cell phones and SIM cards, isn't it? It's good. Croatia. Croatia. <laughs> now, now you are leaving one thing out. The Mission Impossible movies also posit that there's only one group more evil than Eastern Europeans, and that is evil Americans. We're the Bureaucrats. best at it. We are the best at evil. We are so the best at evil. This so- is it's 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 the the most evil is like the government entity you work for once yeah. you go rogue like you're jack bauer or captain america or so right. on and so on we can't by the way we can't even like that's how absolutely childish and selfish we are as a nation we can't even give anyone the evil crown right who's the best we are we are who's the worst we are also the worst <laughs> we're the best at worst we're the best at containing multitudes yes but we- seriously there's several points in this movie in which i'm convinced either 
a dream ballet or a Harry's Razor's ad read is about to break out. And I would have been satisfied with either one. You you know that John Woo directed a Mission Impossible, right? That's, yeah, that's why I stopped watching him after the first one. It's the one with Tom Cruise has long hair. So that's, right? that. if you're asking where did the like manic dream ballet with guns start? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it was Mission Impossible 2. Excellent point. You could overlay this movie with seven brides for seven brothers, and it syncs up like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I think we should, do, we should definitely diss. do that next offseason. Uh, not only that, not only are Europeans evil, but Americans are more evil. I'll add that corollary. Um, anything can be driven if you yes. just have a positive attitude. Anything. You just need a positive attitude, and you can drive, fly, uh, or otherwise conduct any form of transportation safely, sometimes at high speed and under great duress. It doesn't matter. There is an entire, fi- the entire finishing sequence involves Tom Cruise learning to fly a helicopter simply by having a really good attitude. Y'all know the boop meme? It's just Tom Cruise in a helicopter booping another helicopter. Boop, boop, helicopter, boop. Yeah, and he's just saying the whole time, I can do this. And honestly, you're so gassed up because... You've watched the entire the plot of the entire movie is basically to see um, it's the if your cardiologist was a madman and he yes. wanted you to do a stress test as a fifty five year old man by running through a side scroller that was two hours long fifty six yeah fifty six a time of release right um, it seeing if he could do a stress test at high speed while also doing parkour and learning to fly a helicopter and uh, punching a dude on the side of a cliff. And by the time you get to him flying a helicopter, you're like, yeah, man, you could do this. It's just, well, that's it's, a, a sto- it's, it's like it's important syndrome with optimism. The other common thread in these movies is everything can be rodeo. Every Mission Impossible has a scene where Tom Cruise's character rodeos something that is not a bull. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just like, hey, I don't know. What if he just held on to the space shuttle super hard? Yeah, it's lifting off into orbit. Yeah, it's got the force to uh, escape Earth's gravitational pull, but he's got grip strength. What if he's holding on to Ving Rhames flying into the atmosphere? <laughs> Three, Ving Rhames will do your emotional label, labor for you. Yes. He's the emotional center of all of these movies. He bears a really unfair burden in terms of feeling feelings. He basically, every time that the script needs like... How does this absolute insane idiot jumping across rooftops chasing being chased by 20 dandified people who all look like we couldn't get Tom Hardy for this role. So we got this guy. Right. Just 20 of those guys. They're like Tom Hardy was a little too pricey. So it's like it's like Tom Cruise is is Ving Rhames is like stunt avatar or something like that. Ving Rhames performs all the emotional stunts in this movie. Yeah, like the, like the real... two of them together just split up an acting role. Yeah. One of the real weird parts of this movie is that every... Tom Cruise is not, of course, aging. He does not age. Everyone else in the movie who's been in it over and over again is aging naturally. And so it's like Tom Cruise has become their their smaller yapping pet that they all good-naturedly drag around. Yeah. And pull out of French rivers and shit. It's like, yeah, it's it, if it's actually a, very similar to the Beethoven movies, except Beethoven is Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's just a small, needy dog. Yeah, he's a small, needy dog that they, you know, he's there's a couple of inversions, obviously. Instead of just, I don't know, messing up a kitchen, he does things like, I don't know, foiling a hostage crisis. Yeah, Char- Charles Grodin is the evil European. Or is Charles Grodin Alec Baldwin's character? 
Alec Baldwin is good in this. Dude, we didn't even mention Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin's in this and he's actually nails, man. (laughs) Like we're so used to seeing him as like in 30 Rock, and he kind of actually is like And being a horrible person in real life. Yes. Sort of like semi edgy hunt for red October, Alec Baldwin, for a second. That's a real He's got jokes. It's good. Yeah. It's the best thing I've seen, and it makes absolutely no sense. Jason, what's your movie? No, no, you can't keep talking about Mission Impossible the whole time. I could do it for an hour, so I'm going to stop. I know. Well, he could. He could. So um, thanks to MoviePass, and this is not an ad read, I'm uh, way more caught up (laughs) on pop culture than I usually am. (laughs) I mean, they could pay us. They can afford us. Let's be honest here. (laughs) I saw, by the way, we got $7 left. This morning at one point, like MoviePass's technical value was $285,000. Yeah, I tried to go to a movie this week while in Arkansas where Prime tickets cost $7.57 and MoviePass had them all grayed out. Yeah, they're like, you can you can pay us a dollar for this. Can can you can we can we hold 750? We'll we'll buy your ticket. No takebacks. So like I was looking and like I've seen just about everything I'd want to see. There's still a few left over. Um Infinity War is awesome. Black Panther was awesome. A Quiet Place was great, far better than Hereditary, which sucked. Um, I liked the very divisive Annihilation. Um, it's super fucked up, so go see that. But I got to put on here for Hurricane Heist. <laughs> did, did, did anybody see Hurricane Heist? I did not. Wait, is that no. Geostorm or is that a different movie? Oh, it's it's Geostorm, but dumber. It's Kate. It's like Geostorm, <laughs> but you're in the storm. Tell me more. <laughs> It is the stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen. Let me put it this way. The only other person I know who likes it is Robbie Calland. And if you know his taste in movies, if, if you follow him on Twitter and see him getting, getting way too excited about the Fast and Furious or whatever, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Quite possibly, the, there's like this hot lady hacker, which like, you know, okay, now we're getting really Hollywood here. It's like, you know, sure, a woman can handle computers, but is she going to do it in like a dress, you know? Um possibly the worst actor i've ever seen um the spe- special effects and all that it's it's perfectly competent you feel like you are in a uh, heist during a hurricane that's the plot it's in the movie it's one of those movies where you, you you look at the title and you get it um it's awful and i can't wait to see it again they're not they're not hiding the ball right it's it's not one of these movies where like there's like some like john travolta movie where it's called like um you know, it's 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 just like two words, and there's no clue what it's about. It's the one I always think of as the example. It's you know, like swordfish. Collateral. Are you talking about swordfish? Well, that would be one, but it's one where it's like a vague word. You know, like yeah. decisions. You know, like that's the name of the movie. It's like, what the right. fuck is it about? Right. You decisions. Know? This is this is more the snakes on a plane uh, <laughs> school of headlining. Hotel for dogs. My right. pick. My pick is a movie from 2015. And it is the movie, uh, a Melissa McCarthy movie, kind of in the vein of what Spencer's going for, called Spy. Have either of yes! you Yes! Yes! It's so good! Spy is a really fucking good movie. It it does what it's a, it, it's a good comedy, but what I was really impressed by and did not expect is that it is also like it tells a good spy story. It's a good spy movie. It does like action well it uh, it has like a plot with the twist that it's supposed to have jason statham is just this irrepressible asshole throughout most of it jason which is statham fun is funny in it yes yeah. he is funny Weird. in it um it's like it's it is spy is better than it has reason to be or that or at least than i expected it to be i expect like i knew i it got it did all the things it was supposed to do in terms of this will be a funny movie 
uh, with well-written jokes and sight gags and shit like that. But it also was just like, no, this was like better written than a lot of movies that are just trying to be spy movies. Oh, yeah. And, and I will watch the entire thing because Jude Law also plays an absolute asshole. Like he plays Ryan Lochte. Yeah. He plays he plays Ryan Lochte, <laughs> comma spy, in it, and Jason Statham plays Jason Statham, but with like um, on some sort of drugs that are counter indicated, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Just not quite smart or there, but not really aware that he's not smarter. That he's brilliant. He's really like Jason Statham is really really great in it. Which, by the way, like Jason Statham, there is a movie where he plays God, I can't remember a guy who's lost his memory. I think I can't. It's like Jason Statham actually made a serious movie, and uh-huh. honestly, I started watching it and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is not good." And reader, listener, it did not turn out to be good. However, it turned out to be better than I thought. So I was like, "Okay, man's got range." Yeah, he's an incredible actor. <laughs> All right, what's next? Holly, is yours also Mission Impossible? I, I don't know what my favorite movie is this year. I, I moved, or this offseason, like I moved in March and I haven't really seen any movies until Movie Pass really started hemorrhaging money. So I just kind of started to, I've seen like three movies this week because I'm so, trying so to. So you saw them falling down and you're like, let me pile on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was like, I can, I've been propping the rest of you geniuses up all along because I've had <laughs> Movie Pass for like three months and I hadn't seen any movies on it till this week. Uh, so I've decided like once I triple my initial investment of like $19 or whatever I'm getting out. So I saw skyscraper last night and I just want to point out one thing. It is, it is Jason is like you said, it's everything I thought that this movie was going to be, which is really saying something. I want to point out something that gets so glossed over in the movie in the name of everything else that happens. But I think it's weirdly more impressive than almost anything that Dwayne, the rock Johnson does in the movie, which is when he's getting, so he, the, the skyscraper's in there, it's very tall, his family's in it, it's on fire and shit, he's on the other side of Hong Kong, he steals a police motorcycle. The first thing he does after eluding the cops and getting back to the giant tower with his family trapped on the burning 98th floor is commandeer a gigantic construction crane, the elevator in which is locked, and he just climbs up the outside it and they go away to like one short cutaway scene in a police trailer and they cut back and he's up on the level where his family is. He climbed like 103 stories on the outside of a crane and no attention is paid to this in the movie itself. And it's never referred to again. Like, oh, if he had run up like 103 flights of stairs, I feel like that would have been visually something that they could have like cut back and forth to with you know him huffing and puffing past the like 55th floor sign but he just kind of apparates and i I kind of feel like that's the most impressive thing he does and it doesn't appear on screen yeah whenever you're not looking at him he goes so much faster and like the, the the amazing thing about that is it's not just him climbing it's him and like the entire city of hong kong watching him climb I also very much enjoyed the part at the beginning where he has to fight with his skinny friend from the army who's turned on him because you can tell he's having to work really hard to pretend that this skinny dude can overpower him. And I think that's kind of gracious of The Rock. Yeah, that's his wrestling background. He's putting that dude over. But it has like an air of gentility about it. Like, oh, come on, buddy. I think think the other thing in the movie is that that they actually turned the first time the rock is actually poorly suited 
to a job, right? <laughs> like because he's so big and heavy and has to hang off things. You're like, oh yeah. You're like his obstacle is his ass. <laughs> he has to. He has to <laughs> overcome his own ass. Yeah, not the, not the best movie I've seen this year, but definitely the most recent. Um, I also saw two movies in 24 hours in which a hacker character says, "I'm in," out loud, referring to a computer system. Uh, so I appreciate that. Shout out to I'm Skyscraper and what whatever in. the new Jurassic Park movie is. Oh Jesus. Uh, let's see here. Next up, how about TV shows? Um, I, I've, I'm trying to catch up on Game of Thrones. Uh, it's taking forever. It's, I don't think anyone else here watches it, right? No, oh, I, I do. Gave, I gave up. Oh, right. Okay. Ago. Yeah. I bailed. Yeah. It's, um, it's Lord of the Rings with square butts everywhere that don't have pants <laughs> on them. All right. Like, yeah, we get it. Uh, but Last Chance You was more interesting. Is anyone up on that at all? Nope. No, I I have never so, watched an episode of Last Chance You from any season. The first two seasons are awesome. Just um, it, it, really any football fan would like them, especially any college football fan. Well, like and or feel bad about college football, um, which is usually the same thing. But this one, they go to a new school where the coach is for the first half of the season like you hate him, and not just like oh, coach is hard, coach is a tough guy. He's like before the first game he's in a hot tub smoking a cigar talking about he's a gameplay savant he doesn't need to plan all he needs to do is get his players to try and win one for him uh and they'll just dominate this team they lose 70 to 21 <laughs> <laughs> this dude from there awesome. <laughs> he ratchets that motivation style up he keeps emphasizing coaching doesn't matter all they have to do is care a lot they just have to want to win one for me, no matter how much they hate me. Um, game four, they're in a losing streak. He tries to fight his quarterback, uh, former FSU quarterback Malik Henry, third straight year. A former FSU QB has been on the show. Go Knowles. Jimbo gets him paid. He, does. Um, he literally tries to fight him and tries to fight his assistant wide receivers coach. He's bigger than both of them combined. Um, but after that, he kind of becomes just a normal football coach. He chills out. He stops screaming. He stops motherfucking, you know, in every sentence. Still a lot of them, which is good. But, you know, just, just try and make it through, like, you know, a meeting with, like, a player's mom without cussing. You know, he doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, by the end, you're kind of like, okay, I think I'll just watch this dude grow up. Um, and by the end, you're, you know, uh, it, it tends up being a really compelling, compelling season of TV. And that's really all the TV I watched. It was okay. about college football. Uh, I caught up on The Crown, which I thought was very enjoyable. Uh, I have one chief complaint about The Crown, and it's from a production angle. So lot, there are lots of scenes uh, in the show that take place in Buckingham Palace. And they've whatever they've done to recreate it is very impressive. It's staged well. Um you know they they they've taken the time, and I know they've spent the money on this show to sort of make it look authentic and lived in all the things you want your your set to be but there are there are multiple scenes in this fucking thing where somebody will call out the time of day they'll say like oh it's eight o'clock and it's time to watch blah 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 and then they will be sitting in a room with windows and it's full-on fucking daylight out. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's baffling to me. Like, nobody thought, hey, we should throw a curtain. Like, they're just, they just seem totally content to say, yep, it's 10 at night, and the sun is just out. Well, Ryan, you realize the sun never sets on... On the British Empire. 
Yeah, they meant that literally. Jesus. And since since the Empire is confined to part of one island now, it's, right. you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoy The Crown. I ended up watching, and not regretting a single second, the entirety of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. How were you so late to that? Uh, please see, dad shit. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never seen any of it. It's very good. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I, I caught up with it just in time for it to get canceled and revived. That's that's where I was. I was actually finishing the series, and I was like, man, I can't wait for the next season. Oh, <laughs> oh happy jump, sad jump, sad jump, happy jump. Yeah, completely worth it. I think you can do an entire horoscope uh personally oh we did this yesterday yeah 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 uh, holly suggested this um you can do an entire horoscope of of what particular brooklyn 99 sign you are mm-hmm. right because i was concerned that i present myself as a rosa but i'm really an amy with aspirations of being a gina whereas i was gonna, I was gonna give you gina but spencer is terry with jake rising yeah i've evolved into a terry with jake rising Whereas Ryan, hmm, this isn't gonna be good. I know it's not. <laughs> no, no. I know it's not gonna be good. Give me the bad one because I won't know what it means. You're you're Scully and Hitchcock. You're no, being... <laughs> no. You work with a lot of those, but none of them are on this podcast. Actually, uh, actually, Jason like... is probably the closest to a Rosa, right? Jason is probably the closest we have to a Pimento. That's a little far. No? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna actually say this. Bud I is th- our Ro- Bud is the Rosa of the college football staff. No, Bud is our Holt. Yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. <laughs> Just change the accent. Oh wait, Godfrey is Pimento. <laughs> God, he's, yes. he's been undercover too long. <laughs> yes, very a little a little paranoid, a little too excited. Yeah, yeah, that's on point. Been out in the been out in the field a little too long. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, actually, I will give I, I will give Jason. Um, I think Jason is probably more as close as we get to a half Diaz, half Jake. That's fair. Right. Oh, I'm Doug Judy. I'm the Pontiac Bandit. You. Are- <laughs> oh, none of us deserve that. Hello, everybody. I'm Doug Judy. God, Craig Robinson. I I don't know what he's paid to be Craig Robinson. They need to triple it though, quadruple it. He's magnificent. Yeah, I cannot endorse watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine more because, and I've said this before, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine really filled the void in my life that I, I didn't realize had been empty since um, they stopped making Reno 911, which is a show I can immediately step into, watch for 22 minutes. I get guaranteed well-packaged absurdity with just enough like humanity undermining it, and then I don't have to interact with it, right? There's, there may be some overarching plot lines. Don't sweat them too much. No. Not that big a deal. You can pick them up fast. The writing, it's astonishingly consistent. Like, I don't know if there's an actually bad episode. Most of it's like, like how much of it is improvised? A lot. A lot of it. And uh, there's a legitimately great character in it. And that would be Captain Ray Holt. God. Andre Brower. Who somehow, by not being funny, is the funniest person on the entire goddamn show. He's exquisite. It's the best character on television, right? It is. <laughs> The the hot damn moment is is a top twenty TV moment for me. Hot damn! No, it's when he's taking a hula hoop class. <laughs> yes, 
no one will ever know. All right, I got to throw one more TV show in before we leave. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but Killing Eve is unlike anything I've ever seen on television. And I'm a blogger, so I've watched a really stupid amount of television. Um, go go watch it on, on BBC uh, kind of immediately. And don't read anything about it before you go in. Just go. Okay. There. I don't, have, I don't have any jokes. It's incredible. Next, Speaking of not reading, next up, let's knock books out of the way. Um, I don't know how this is going to go because I'm pretty sure we've never talked about this subject on here. Um, when it comes to me, there's probably a reason my job is reading, so I don't <laughs> try to do minimal of it during during uh, not working. Um, I, I did read an actual serious book, this off, uh, Battle Cry of Freedom, A Civil War History. It's awesome. It's um fully full it's like if you were to read one book about the civil war they say this is the one and that sure seems to be the case to me um it's got receipts on everything um and otherwise there have been a lot of amazon sales on comic books so listen godfrey i am ready for you to quiz me on bring hit me up with whatever you got i think i can i think i can survive it um Two of my favorites were Old Man Logan, catching up on that whole run, and I'll just throw this name out there, K-L-A-U-S, Klaus. Read that. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You'll catch on a few pages in and think, this, no, no, this is fucking stupid. And then by the end, you'll say, that was amazing. Um, But the main one, to go back to Spencer's point, Thor, God of Thunder, specifically the God of Thunder run, is the most fun I've ever had reading a comic. And like, you know. I, I've been reading comics since, like, you know, you unload some, you scam some kid out of a Brett Favre rookie card and sell it for some X-Men comics in the 90s. Like, I know I'm talking about Thor, God of Thunder. It's so fucking metal. Um, it's 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 got the same tone as Ragnarok where it's like Thor almost knows how ridiculous he sounds, the things he says, but he also knows he can back them up. Um, if you like comics at all, it's a blast. I would say actually, if you like, I if you don't like comics, I too got on the comic book because my elder son is now old enough to sort of read comics and you know understand most of what's going on. You know, some things you can can't and don't really need to explain, right? And especially if you're reading Doctor Strange with your kid. I read the Doctor Strange Donny Cates cycle. Donny Cates, you should just read anything Donny Cates writes, right, or makes as a comic book person. But he does a Doctor Strange uh, cycle, which, uh, yeah, it involves a Basset Hound going to hell to rescue uh, the ghost of a Basset Hound. I'm sorry, because Loki <laughs> accidentally kills sure. this dog because <laughs> it's fat and old and tries to defend Doctor Strange and dies of a heart attack. And Doctor Strange is like, my life's ruined. He's like divorced, messed up Doctor Strange, who has uh, pretty much lost everything. It's great. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, that was a that that was a damn hoot. I think I have actual books to recommend. I, I have one actual book. Ooh. Okay, go ahead. Go one ahead. actual book to recommend, um, and uh, that would be Diane McWhorter, "Carry Me Home." Because oh, yeah, if you don't, it's it's real long and it's very detailed. You might skim some of the details because uh, you know if you weren't from Birmingham and didn't live through 1963, maybe you don't need to know all 32 names of the people at like the. Clavern meeting by the barbecue joint, which, by the way, a lot of clan meetings at barbecue joints when the civil rights movement's going on. Um, Probably also a fair few now. Yeah, but uh, carry me home. It's about sixty-three. It's about Birmingham. It's about uh, the most dangerous man <laughs> from Birmingham ever. That would be Fred Shuttlesworth, 
Fred, if you don't know why the airport there is named Shuttlesworth uh, Airfield, this is why. It's named after arguably the craziest dude to ever be born. Um, maybe in the United States. I don't know. There's like 15 points in this book where you're like, oh, he's going to die. And this little dude who's a preacher who woke up one morning early, like three in the morning, because God told him to uh, end segregation, uh, doesn't die. It's astonishing. It'll really like, and it's not just about Alabama. Like you finish it and you go, oh yeah, that's us. That's the, that's the entire thing. There's also like some light comic relief in the form of all of the federales and everybody who has to go to Birmingham and all of the like weird racist operatives who go there. Pretty much everyone agrees. They're like, yeah, this place is really fucked up, but the food, the food's incredible. <laughs> like all of the feds, they're like, you going to Birmingham? That's terrifying. They're like, yeah, but lunch, dude, lunch. So dynamic order, carry me home. I really, a uh, that's a life changer. Yeah, it's amazing. Go read it. I have, uh, I think I'll, I'll go with three books. None of these were released in 2018. I'm sticking on theme here. I don't think anything I'm going to recommend today is going to be something that actually was produced this year. Uh, there are three very different books. The first is called Idaho. Um, it, it's by, I'm going to pronounce her last name wrong, uh, Emily Ruskovich. It's a very sad, very rough book, but it's very well written. It does that thing where it hides enough for you that you're not lost and you don't, uh, you're not totally ungrounded in what's happening with the plot, but you do feel compelled to sort of move forward so that she can reveal more of what's happening. Um, that's the first one. Second one is Station Eleven, which m- many of you have probably read. It's done very well. Um, and that's a little older. That's by um, Emily St. John Mandel. That's uh, a really cool – it's a book about um, a traveling Shakespeare troupe in post-apocalyptic America. And if that sounds crazy, you should definitely read it. And then the third one is probably the most on point for our podcast. It's Jessica Luther's book, Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Hey, does that seem like a thing you should maybe uh, read about right now? How uh, college athletic programs have systemic issues with handling cases of sexual assault or uh, domestic violence or, you know, on and on and on. It's, it's I think, a very interesting read at the history of this topic, the continued problems that have popped up. It was written, uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident it was written before any of the Michigan State things popped up, definitely before the, the Ohio State issues have popped up, before the, uh, the gynecologist at USC, who has, as far as I can, as far as I know, nothing to do with athletics. Um, it is, it's a hard thing to read if you like college football, but it's a good thing to read if you like college football. Holly, you got any books? Oh, yeah. I got a local one to throw out at you. Um, Lisa Cross-Smith is an author who lives in Louisville. I'm going to say something nice about Kentucky, which is that Lisa Cross-Smith lives there. Uh, She put out her first novel in, I want to say, April uh, of this year. It's called Whiskey and Ribbons, and it's it's like three interwoven stories uh, surrounding the death of a police officer, and it's just, it's beautifully written, and you'll you'll find yourself kind of especially if you're from around here you know you don't really you you don't really get to read voices that sound like yours 
uh, as often as you'd like, but you just you just settle into you settle into the voices of this book immediately. Uh, it's beautiful and she's terrific. Go buy it. It's also like six dollars on Kindle right now because I just looked it up to see when it was released. Go get it. Great. We did. We read. We did books. Look at that. Look at all that literature. Um, oh, oh, wait. Comic book note. Comic book note. Uh, Hotel Oblivion is coming out in October, apparently, for real this time. Umbrella Academy mount up. That's all. Oh, yeah. And if you got kids, go read the Squirrel Girl series. Look, the new adventures of Squirrel Girl. That's like great kid stuff. Boys, yeah, girls. My, boys, my girls. My daughter whatever. at this point would put on for the My Little Pony comics. She's no, aged out of the shows, but not the comics. No, they're no, they're really it. Comics are really good now. It's like 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 I know they were always kind of good. Go back and read them. They're much better now. And you you can put the you can put them on your phone and all that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, how about music? And I think here by music, you know, artist, album, song, whatever. Um, I, I made a little list of, I think, what I would call my five favorite albums to this point. Um, not really in order. Pusha T and J-Rock, really good focused rap albums, just modern, innovative rap albums. Um, the Carters, I think, is the funnest album of the year, which is amazing because it's made by a 67-year-old man and his wife who's been famous for 20 years. Um, and I think with this, what I like the most is, like, yes, Beyonce, you know, biggest greatest entertainer you know alive right now genius all that stuff i really appreciate jay-z's role on this he has he was already you know a um innovator in the realm of dad rap here i think he invents husband rap (laughs) where he pulls off the trick of sharing a mic with your wife who is vastly more talented than you you know you're you're still one of the greatest and most successful you're the most successful rapper ever and one of the best ever but you still can't, you know, approach your wife on that scale. So instead of trying to outshine her, you just do what you can when you're past the mic. You just move the ball down the field, and then you know she'll she'll go up and maul somebody. You know, like it, there, like there's a I think it's the second to last song. It's like this past the mic boom bap style rap song where she spends most of it either roasting him or singing about how she loves such a dirtbag piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and he you know at one point he just says all right chill <laughs> uh, and like you know for the rest of the time like he'll drop some devastating dad puns about the lion king um you know he uh he makes fun of himself for his lack of athleticism like how um silly he looked diving off the yacht in the one meme photo you know mm-hmm. um this is pre-jet pre- ski this is pre-jet ski photo right right yeah, yeah. He, he then topped himself with the jet ski photo but like like subtle not exactly humble, but self-confident, old, uh, self-aware, chill Jay-Z. self-aware, self-aware Jay-Z, you know, it's cool to make fun of him, but I still love Jay-Z. And like in this one, I think he finds a really, really, really comfortable groove. You know, he's kind of like the, on this album, he's kind of like the big boy, comfortable, big like boy and outcast is kind of the role. Um, the, the pay, like the pay your bills, pay your bills if you're a baller. Big boy. Right, right, yeah. And and he steps it back. Like, his last couple albums, it's been like, you know, just get rich like me. Simply get rich. And it's like, no, that's not really an option. On this one, it is it is on rich people to make those around them rich. He says that at one point, you ain't rich unless your, you know, your friends, family, coworkers are rich. Which, like, that's a much more apt message, <laughs> you know, for, uh, for this time, this climate, this country, than um, what you're going to get out of most, you know, rich celebrities. So, progressive Jay-Z. How about that? Um, I also like this album by Young Fathers. It's like some, I don't even know what genre it is. It's like some dudes out of Edinburgh. Um, there's like rapping and singing and uh, 
well, like what Europeans think of as rapping. Um, and it's like this like vaguely secular spiritual kind of thing. Like if you can give me like the vibe, like I'm in church, but I don't have to worry about anyone going to hell. Like I'm in. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And number five, I'm going to blow some minds out there when I say this. The uh, One of the best rap albums of the year is by Arian Foster, the <laughs> former Tennessee Volunteers and Houston Texans running back. Um, I approached it like, all right, really? this is a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me I be that person. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is a cool athlete. You know, I, you know, he's, he's an interesting dude. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a chance. And then I'm like, wait, this is really good, you know? And like, you're like, do I think this is good just because it's Aaron Foster? But you go back and no, it holds up. Like it's legit. One of the best rap albums of the year, period. Um, it's like really jazzy and chill. Uh, but yeah, Arian Foster is a really good rapper. Damn. I'm, I'm kind of stunned by that. But the you name know of what? the project is Bobby Fino, by the way. I got. I have to just go with it, right? <laughs> like, sure. I guess, man. I gotta listen. I'm happy to hear that, though. Yeah, it's good. You'd like it. Um, I was listening to Daytona. I think I wore Daytona the hell out. Like, because holy shit, how could you not like an album that's 24 minutes long? 24 minutes long and does nothing but rap about coke. That's it. Tight, focused on one subject, just like this podcast. (laughs) It's everything that I really want and can never produce. So cheers to you for that. Um, I like Why Oak. Why Oak produced a banger of an album. Uh, The Ladder I Call, The Faster It Runs. Play that. Play the shit out of that. Um, I just listened to the internet. Uh, Hive Mind. That album is... uh, Ooh, it's damn good. It's really really good um and that's about it that's you know because i have kids and they like to listen to stuff so uh on spotify i think the most played thing i have right now is the lego batman soundtrack <laughs> the lego batman soundtrack's been tearing it up i have to admit does batman th- does batman sing on it uh batman does sing on it right uh he sings he sings about uh how awesome and sick his backflips are right the best part being, like, everybody has to chant Batman after he claims something, right? Like, who has the sickest backflips? Batman! And one funny goes, who always pays his taxes? And they're like, not Batman! <laughs> like, I'm glad, that the, I'm glad that the Lego Batman movie openly embraced that, you know, the, the IRS is Batman's biggest opponent joke. I'm glad they just wrote that in. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Other than that, bunch of old stuff. Because I listen to a bunch of old stuff over and over again. Y'all got anything else? Duran Duran slaps. That's, is that is that like is is that kid friendly? Does does the the child enjoy that? Um, it depends. Sometimes she's just not in the mood for it. But like the Reflex, Rio, Hungry Like the Wolf, Notorious, Wild Boys, View to a Kill, like they all slap. I understand that most Duran Duran songs are the same song, just like in a different key or with like something changed. They all slap. Like, I'll, I, I am, I am totally happy that I have listened to a lot of Duran Duran in this the year of t- 2018. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Also, I had the uh, the the other two albums. I've been listening to Led Zeppelin three a lot just because of the immigrant song 
<laughs> it just worked its way back into my life, man. But basically, like, Spencer and I, our entire uh, pop culture uh, is now viewed through Thor. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. And def- cancel all white men except Thor. Also, if you're if you're into like if you just want the loudest album you can possibly buy, go buy uh, the new Deaf Heaven album. Go buy that. Ordinary corrupt human love is the. It's just. <laughs> If you're one of those people who's like, I like music that sounds like it's crushing me. Yeah. Go go get that. Holly, you got anything? Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of, you know, if it sounds like it plays uh, on a driving video game when it's nighttime and raining, then I've probably been listening to it lately. A lot of Time Cop 1983, a lot of The Midnight. Um <laughs> Bear with me for one second. My favorite Swedish Norwegian dream pop band, Postal Jonan, uh-huh. is finally on Spotify. You used to only be able to get it on UK iTunes or Bootleg. It's got this beautiful their their first album is on there, Skyer, and it's it's got this beautiful like lethal weapon saxophone threaded throughout the whole thing. Uh, and I just love it. I drive around and and think about how I'm a disgrace to the badge and gun. Yeah, well, that's you know, that's the smooth saxophone. It's the frantic saxophone when something's about to happen, right? Like it's it's a saxophone of of regret and long nights and, and too many coffee cups with cigarettes in them. Yeah, man. The Good cop, balls. The coffee, yeah, the cop life for <laughs> What is the? How do you spell this band? Uh, P O S T I L J O N E N, and you can find them on Spotify now, which until very recently was not the case. Go in, go get it. Very good. Um, let's see. Next on the list, we have video games. Um, I, I it's like as a dad, I always sort of find myself like, like I love the slow paced games, and especially if like it's one my daughter can sort of participate in. And City Skylines has been our game this year. It's like a modern Sim City. Like I know there's modern Sim Cities, but like they're trash, and it's like it's like what you would expect of a modern Sim City, and it's made by Swedish people. So there's all kind of stuff where it's like. Americans wouldn't think to put that in like, you know, bike paths, walking paths. You can have a building with like a lawn on its roof, you know, free, like free clinics. Yeah, health clinics. Police. Oh, no, we definitely have Hosp- police. Yeah, we got we got bro, we got police. We got fucking police. There, yeah, like there's no, you know, military base that approaches when you have a thousand people like can we take up a fourth of your land, you know. Like <laughs> It's a it's a very non-American SimCity, and I, I we talked about it. I I happened to look back through what we were doing on this podcast last year. This time we were talking about y'all uh, y'all were talking about Metal Gear Phantom Pain. I have now caught up. This is the craziest fucking thing I have ever encountered. Um, <laughs> the first hour of the game is the opening scene, which already that sounds that sounds insane. Um, <laughs> The number of crazy things that happened in the first hour, I as soon as I could like save this thing and stop playing it, I went and read three different wikis just to try to wrap my mind around what the fuck I had just endured um, and still felt like this is as close to insanity as I've ever been. Like I literally felt like I, I am not in grasping facts. Right? Like, <laughs> like there's a scene where you, um, you go through this like create a player thing and it never tells you who you actually just created. It's not you. It might be the guy next to you. I don't know. Every, everyone's under bandages. You all switch faces. I don't know. We're escaping a hospital. Um, there's a guy on fire chasing us. He comes and goes. There's like these Joker ghosts. and um, 
there's did, a did, there's a unicorn on fire. There's a fire unicorn. You did, and then you get out of this, and it just starts. You know, just you just prop plop you in like a regular army game after that. Boss, we gotta go invade the base. It's not even. What the fuck about the horse? The oh. fire horse. <laughs> also, you have a you have a piece of metal in your face. Yeah, it's just there. It's just sticking out of your head. That's Boss, like, if we took the metal out of your face, you might die. It makes okay, T- it makes TSA a real pain in the ass. <laughs> and from there, you just go through like this regular army game, building this base where you have like you know everyone on your base is like a, a, a lobotomized psycho. Like you literally kidnap um, soldiers from the enemy, which is usually Russians, and fly them back to your base. And then you, the guy on the other side list says, "Like, okay, boss, we'll fix his brain." And then you go to base, and they just salute you. It's so fucked up, and it gets weirder and weirder and weirder as you go. Uh, you know, I had a job, but you know, this was a little bit better. I think I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, you, maybe. Yeah, I guess your base just has awesome, you know, vacation benefits. Yeah. Did you Did you mention that you have uh, companions? For instance, you have a, a wolf that you uh, an Af- a wolf from Afghanistan who has an eye patch just like you do. Right, and you can unlock him a little vest that has a knife. Yeah. So that when you have him go clear out of base, he won't just bite the person. He will reach over, grab the knife out of his cute little vest, and then run up and stab them in their throat. A dog that stabs. Yeah, they have that. Also, you can uh, you can basically kidnap things with a balloon, the Fulton extraction, where you attach a giant balloon, weather balloon, and then it just rockets off into like the stratosphere. You can do this with bears. And when you do it, it makes a little bear noise all the way up. You can do this with a fucking tank, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do. You can pretty much dumb, do. Like it's a really good game, but it's the dumbest game I have ever uh, experienced. Oh, I felt like word. I had a stroke, like the whole time playing it. Like, <laughs> like, like is my is my arm numb? Do I smell toast? Jesus Christ! What is this garbage? I can't stop playing. Also, when I never really finished it. Which I would have been concerned with, and um, and I would have been, except there's no ending the game. There's none. They released the game without an ending because of a contract dispute with the guy Hideo Kojima who uh, made it. Um, so yeah, don't worry about that. Did it mention that credits play before every mission? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The game keeps trying to convince you that you're in a movie, and it'll like tell you like who the enemy is in that mission. Like, like they're like, boss, you got to go here and kidnap this guy. It'll be easy. But like the thing pops up and it's like, you know, this mission also features Satan. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> or, or excuse me, not Satan. That would be normal. You know, right. like giant metal right. robot Satan. You can smell so bad in the game if you do not shower that your underlings will throw water on you in order to bathe you. Or you can do my favorite thing, which is. Uh, Smoke there is a- forever. There is a way no better. You can hide in garbage in like dumpsters, right? To to escape the scrutiny of guards. But what you my favorite thing to do is to take the time traveling cigar. Yeah, I'm not even gonna explain it. Uh you can just smoke this giant thing that looks like a huge joint, and time magically starts to pass quickly. <laughs> um you can do what I did, which is get in the dumpster and smoke it for three or four days straight. <laughs> Just, just keep hitting it. Like I was like, how long is it gonna let me do this? And you see, like through the little slit, right? It's like 
daytime, nighttime, camera angle switches. And it's just a dumpster <laughs> with smoke coming out of it. And I was like, how long can I do this? And it's like seven days later, you come out of there and flies are swarming around you. It's like you're hibernating Suge Knight. Yeah. You know what I did after you know what I did after I was in the dumpster for seven days and, and stepped out of it? I got back in. <laughs> got back in, just lit up for another three think days. This roast is done. Let's pop this brisket back in. <laughs> what are you doing? Just get my mind right. Just get my mind right, man. It's an amazing game. The game that I uh the game that I have played, and this will I think play into Holly's as well. Because Holly moved back to Atlanta, and one of the things that Holly has done in her time back is uh, is teach my son the meaning of humility. Because my wife and I have been able unable to do it. However, we do have Mario Kart for the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> and the lessons one can learn from Mario Kart are endless. However, however, I think you taught him the most important one. Which is that the game is never cheating. You're just always going to be worse than me. That's right. At Mario Kart. Because I have to take his feelings into account, right? You don't have to take his feelings into account. A little bit. I do. I got to suit yourself. There's therapy on the end of this. Yeah. But you, you can waste him. Would you like to tell the group the story of the very first race I uh, played against your son at Mario Kart, which was also... I think the first or the second day I had ever played Mario Kart on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah, because you were just still learning the controls and you were uh, ahead of him, I believe, at the the final, Mm -hmm. right? Were you in second place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was in first? Oh, no, I was in first and I let him pass me. Oh, you let him pass you. On the third lap. Mm -hmm. Third lap with about, I don't know, probably about five seconds of run up to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you what did you do right before he uh, crossed the finish line? Put on the brake sled and pass me, and then shelled him off the course and won. Yeah, <laughs> he's Owned. eight, by the he's, way. He's eight. Yeah. Owned. Owned. But he's kind of an asshole, and he needs to be put down. Yeah. Repeatedly, I will say also for an eight year old, he has an amazing grasp of games cheating philosophy. Oh yeah, no, instantly. <laughs> He is like he is that he's he's in what second grade third grade what grade is this child in uh, he's in he's going into second grade are you sure yes okay he's in second grade he is already uh, controllers broken games cheating kind of kid which makes me wonder if there's like a genetic test for that like can you when you're testing for all the other things that might crop up in your child's life before they're born can you test whether he's going to throw a controller he's actually in third grade I'm an excellent father. Um, awesome yeah <laughs> he is eight right yes he's yours yes but okay. he's already he's already going to be the, the football fan who goes refs cheated us oh like, yeah like in a game you lose by 38 points right I, I love him to death but he has the heart of a snitch <laughs>